0: Hey everybody, welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly. We are a somewhat monthly podcast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Hawk, and I've got two hosts with me today. We've got Crimson. How's it going, Crimson?
1: It's going pretty good.
0: It's going pretty extraordinary here too. And we've got, um, who who else is here today? Oh, Americano. That's the other one. I know, it's been so long since I've been here that you forgot who I am. I know, I, I almost <laughs> said one of our many various guest hosts. That's what I was that's the joke I was going for. I'm glad you picked up on it. So you haven't been gone that long. We could still make fun of you. So how's it going?
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm I am happy to be talking about X Men. Um, maybe not as happy as Crimson, but
0: It's you know, hard to be that happy. Still happy.
2: I'm I mean, happy we're getting we are getting new content. I wasn't at the wasn't able to talk about the heroes in the box, but um, it had been a while since we had new content, so
0: Yeah, well new it content like it, at least. we are at. So this is the second episode of our Mutant Genesis coverage. So last episode we talked all about Shadow Cat and Colossus. And during this episode, we're gonna talk about the first three villains of the box. So if you haven't picked the box up yet and you don't want to be spoiled on encounter cards, now is your chance to tune out and then tune back in later. We give it we've given it a couple weeks, so I'm assuming most people have gotten to play those scenarios. So we're gonna be talking about Sabertooth, Project Wide Awake, and Master Bold In that order. And before we get to the main show, there's a few quick announcements to make um, upcoming related to the show and to the Marvel Champions community. So first announcement is on November 1st, presale or early bird tickets for Con of Heroes 2023 comes out. So if you didn't get the chance to come to Con of Heroes 2022, guess what? It's an annual event. There's another one next year in Roseville, Minnesota. We're going to play an entire weekend of Marvel Champions with amazing events planned, um, several of those events planned by the MCM team. So two to three to maybe four of us will be there. So please plan on attending if you want to, and let us know on Discord, Facebook, or however that you're hyped for Con of Heroes. So check out conofheroes.com, bookmark it for November 1st, which is just a few days away to get those early bird tickets. In addition to that, on November 2nd, I'm going to be doing an extra live stream on the MCM podcast YouTube channel. So I'll be raising money for UNM Children's Hospital here locally in Albuquerque. There's a couple different incentives you can sign up for through the extra life page, like picking a deck I play or populating a randomizer for me to do over the next several streams that I run. So please, please, please help us save lives by supporting local hospitals Um, both my kids spent time at that children's hospital so this is very personal to me and i'm super excited to be able to give back in a fun way that engages with one of my favorite hobbies we want to move the mcm challenge up to closer to the front of the show so today's topic is going to be those first three villains of the mutant genesis box but i'm going to put the challenge up here before we even get to that discussion so the challenge for this episode, MCM challenge number 19 is going to be play against Sabretooth, expert or standard, your choice. You're going to play against Sabretooth with the Weapon Master and Under Attack modular sets. So the reason we chose those two is Weapon Master is going to give Sabretooth additional extra activations. So he's going to get lots of healing from his boost ability or from his after activation ability. And then we chose Under Attack because it's going to put passively more damage onto senator kelly i believe when senator kelly is set aside out of play he's not considered a friendly character so i don't think i don't think under attack will hit him until you go into phase two against saber tooth so you'll have to decide how you want to play that but either way track how much damage senator kelly takes so we can know how close you were to defeat if you win or um if he took the full nine points of damage all right and on to the show Sweet. So Crimson's going to give us an overview of Sabretooth, and then we'll all get at it.
1: Okay, so Sabretooth is your first villain, which is generally your more easier villains in the box. Um, I would definitely say that he is an interesting first villain. (laughs) Um pretty much what he's going to do is he's going to start with the side scheme find the senator um, in play which is going to put robert Kell off to the side and then his main thing that's going to happen at the beginning is after you resolve the villain step you're going to do two damage to to robert Kell or three if there's a uh, six threat per person here or or, or more then um once you break to find the, center, the Senate, then senator <laughs> um, side scheme, somebody will gain control of Robert Kelly, Kelly, and this will um, advance the scheme forward, which will stop that persistent damage from the first one. But um, then what is going to happen is I believe, yeah. So Robert Kelly will come into play for you. He's got nine health, but uh, dash, dash on attack and fold, So he does nothing for you. And then any undefended attack at you, will, the damage has to be assigned to him. So pretty much he's going to soak up a lot of damage. The um, I've found that it's a lot easier just to get him out, you know, break, find the Senator as quickly as possible to stop the consistent two damage to him, and then just use my hero to defend. My hero is just pretty much now tapped for the entire scenario, which sucks. Um, but this keeps him from taking too much damage. Uh, Sabretooth, on the other hand, is rather a little bit of annoying with his activation. So every time he activates against you, it doesn't matter if it's scheming or attacking, He's going to discard the top card of the encounter deck and then heal damage equal to the number of boost icons. Um, Which means generally I play a lot of chip damage decks um, and I had a a rather difficult time with him. Uh, You really have to burst him versus consistent, you know, two, one, two, three damage here and there. You, You really need to get a ton of damage on him at least every couple turns. Otherwise he's just going to stay at full health and it is a little rough. Um, but the one nice thing is there is a couple, um, side schemes that are actually helpful to get into play. Um, medical emergency, which when you, when you finish the side scheme, it is going to heal Robert Kelly for a couple damage. Uh, great side scheme scheme to grab when you, uh, play a lot of, uh, Search search the encounter deck for a side-scanning, draw three cards. Uh, Great one to find. And he's got a couple upgrades that, honestly, for the most part, I just ignored. And then he comes with, if you're playing off of the card, he's going to come with the Mystique and the Brotherhood uh, modulars. And... I had the most trouble with Mystique. If Mystique got out, uh, she is a nine hit point character with toughness, and you can no longer attack the villain. You have to attack her. Um, she definitely took some time off, and every time she got out, Sabretooth would pretty much heal all the way back up to full. The Brotherhood comes with four. Um, minions, they're, I would not, they're not as bad as, say, like, you know, Masters or Masters or the other, the other newish one that we got, Were, um, but a couple of them are kind of beefy, like Blob and Avalanche are both kind of beefy, beefy but Pyro and Toad are decently small, um, not a bad little encounter set. All in all, my biggest piece of advice is first them, don't try to chip them.
0: Totally. Yeah, I like what how you described it. So, I mean, Sabretooth is definitely a different kind of villain from the scenario to how you interact with him. So, like you said, the whole scenario revolves around the heroes or whoever, X-Men, whoever's playing sort of escorting, finding and then escorting Senator Kelly because Sabretooth is set out to assassinate him, which happens like directly in the comics. It's like Sabretooth and Mystique, super theme. So if you sit around and find the Senator phase too much, that side scheme that starts out, Kelly starts to accumulate too much damage that he can get defeated really easily and end the scenario. Um, but if you focus too much on finding the senator then saber is going to like get to linger for longer which lets more things happen so there's a ton of cards in here that deal damage to kelly in some way and you can like exhaust your hero to avoid it or do all sorts of other things on kelly himself he cannot have um attachments or be healed right by player card effects right. so we can't like keep playing first aid to keep him around so there is somewhat of He's a ticking clock. Yeah, no, no, that was my biggest
2: bummer. That was my biggest bummer when I first played this with Colossus. Is I think I threw med teams in there because it's protection, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. and then I'm like, I can't
0: use these. (laughs) Oh, you know, and you mentioned not doing chip damage to Sabretooth, and I agree, but I do think you always want to maintain like a point of chip damage because his extra activation card, I think there's three copies of it. If you're an Alter Ego, he schemes. If you're in Hero Form, he attacks, and he gets an extra scheme or an extra ATK if he has sustained no damage. So if you're playing solo, you want to hit him for like one point of damage just to turn off, or maybe more, since he's going to do his base attack against you. Um, the no chip damage thing is hard. A lot of times on these entry villains, and in a lot of the villains, the first stage will only trigger when he the villain schemes against you. And then stage two is attacks or schemes. And then stage 3 is also attacks or schemes. That way you have, like, in standard, a little bit more control over when the villain's trigger effect is happening. But here it's just, like, constant healing of damage. The nice thing is, if he discards a 3 boost icon card, he's probably discarding a really strong card to heal for 3. But it still doesn't feel great in 4 player when he heals, like, 12 around.
2: Have you had that happen?
0: I haven't had 12, but we've definitely had him heal like nine, three turns in a row. So that's that's my hint is like in multiplayer, like this this scenario requires a lot of communication. If one person bursts for 10 points of damage, that might not matter because Sabertooth is going to activate four times in the villain right. phase at least. Um, so, so stunned and confused, really, really strong against Sabertooth.
2: Like, so if, you, if you're not running stunned and confused, right? Um. Is this, is this a scenario where you're more than likely, because you're communicating, going to hold on to that big attack card for the turn if you went after, for example, somebody that couldn't do it and so that you can do it all at the same time on the next round?
0: I think it's definitely worth considering, right? Like, if you can get two people to burst damage, you can usually sustain a little bit in four-player. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you're, like, the fourth player and no one's done damage to Sabretooth yet and you have, like, a 10-damage worth of attack in your hand. And everybody's at the bottom of their deck looking for their power event. It might be like one of those rare instances where you say, I'm gonna hold on to these three skilled in strikes because next turn we're gonna go bonkers face. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's it's rough. And it and in that case, like I I definitely agree. Stun and confused are really, really good, which he does have the attachment which makes them unstunable and unconvuse confusable? Is that a word? <laughs> um, be confused. Yeah. So, it, in in those big cases of four player games, all, although I, dude, I cannot imagine playing in four player. There's, there's no I, way. I- <laughs>
0: no
2: yeah. way. Yeah, that would. That would. I mean, Kennedy Hawk, you and I played it. We, we played it at pro-
0: two player. I think was got- like my first time playing Sabretooth, so I didn't know what I was doing yet. I think we won at the end, right? We did. We did win, but it took it us out. a long time. We we um, got lucky
2: with some some. I think on his healing, but at the same time, he had. Yeah. I don't know what he was getting extra activations or what. I don't know what happened, but we just we must not have um, been planning it out, and we were. I mean, I was playing a protection hero, and yep. wasn't getting any like massive hits on him, right?
0: So yeah it was protection and justice or something so we were struggling a little bit. And
1: I will admit like there's one thing I noticed about this. So th- this so far this this box is not like hard hard it's not like Galaxy is the most wanted hard but every victory has been hard fought and very close to being a defeat. Um it is a challenging box so far not you know an impossible one you know not a one shot oh look i'm dead from ronin or a collector but i think that this one definitely feels a little higher tuned than some of the other ones but not to the point of galaxy's most wanted but woof, man every victory has been by the skin of my teeth
0: and Sabertooth is pretty low on health, right? It's 13 per player in stage 1, 15, and then 18. Yeah.
1: You can one-shot Sabertooth. It is quite possible.
0: Like, rushing in, in, in rushing so is long. a good strategy here. Um, what I like about and we'll probably get to this next episode, but I feel like every villain in this box pushes, like, the typical way you play Marvel Champions in a different way. right? Like Crimson mentioned, if you're, like, a chip damage person, when you're playing Sabretooth, you've really got to pivot and look for burst damage instead. And you have to burst pretty consistently because if you burst and then wait four more turns to burst again, then it doesn't matter because he's just going to heal it up. So like your your strategy has to pivot a little bit. Um, but I think Sabretooth is definitely... I don't know if he's one of the hardest entry villains, but he's definitely the biggest slog of the yeah. entry villains for all the boxes. That's... That's
2: fair. I mean, he's he's more difficult than Sandman, I would say. Um, yeah, it, it maybe maybe depends on like your your damage output more so than a lot of other heroes or a lot of other yep. uh, villains. but but, like, for example, technically, in this scenario, you should be adding mystique. obviously, yeah. this game is the, one of the highlights of this game, one of the benefits is you can it's so modular, right? So you don't have to throw mystique in. But she has like an instant loss condition for the scenario, specifically. Um, if you pull her, one of her cards that yeah. that makes you Infiltration, which after it enters your hand, because it, it actually gets shuffled into your deck, and after you draw into your hand, you have to discard an ally or support you control. So if you, I mean, it's, it, it's if you can plan for it, right? So it's not like if you pull, you're automatically going to lose. So I can't say it's an instant loss. But if you don't plan for it, you will lose. Because if you're controlling Robert Kelly and you don't have another ally or a support out there, you will lose the game.
0: Yeah, against Mystique, I think you need to run cheap supports and allies because in general, right, if you're if you're sitting at there and you have to discard your like Avengers Mansion turn 1 or turn 2, you're just real upset about it. So, Right. So keep that in mind, right, when yeah. you when you're going to throw her in
2: there. Um that that was, that was one thing that we actually ran up against, where we read the card, and we shuffled it in my deck, and I was like, "Crap, I need to get, get some more supports out on the board, otherwise." Yeah, because you were really things? late on
0: allies at a protection deck, right? That was pretty yeah. rough. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, he definitely thing... feels oh, yeah, like go. a a a second tier villain versus the the initial. Villain out of a box, um, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he it, it. That's how it felt to me, anyways. Is that yeah? It, it felt like I was playing the second villain in the box instead of the first villain.
0: It was yeah. a step up, right? If you bought this and the champ, champions corset, you probably want to run one of the new heroes to be able to beat Sabretooth and not a corset hero.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I would, <laughs> I would agree with that. Now, let me ask you guys: What are your thoughts on his, on his shtick, his hook, right? With Robert Kelly being. In the in the scenario, every single time, like that is you can't play. It's almost like,
0: like when you can't play Loki without the Infinity Gauntlet, right? To me, I like it because this is the only scenario that has Robert Kelly as that loss condition, mm-hmm. and it to me it feels like Hella, where the the scenario for once is actually telling a story, right? The whole point of the scenario is this assassination attempt, which sounds like you're sending your heroes out on a mission to stop it. I was going to comment on, I, I raved about how much I loved Sandman because like the kit is so like succinct into like the two sides of the kit, the milling, the deck, and the sand counters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel pretty similarly about this one. Like everything is either about Sabertooth attacking and getting that healing, which prolongs the game, which makes it harder for you to keep Kelly alive. Like the longer Sabertooth is around, the more chance he's going to find the Senator and end your game. So I thought that. I feel like the scenario design is really like succinct, which I like. So I, I'm a big fan of like the storytelling mechanics that can happen in Sabretooth's scenario.
2: Yeah, now that you say that, I mean, it still allows you to highlight the modularity of the game, right? Because it his set, Sabretooth's set has has that Senator Kelly theme. Or, or loss condition, right? But you can throw in other modular sets. Um, that's, but you still get that core, like the core mechanic isn't lost at all.
0: Yeah, you could definitely make this harder. And maybe we'll get to that in their MCM challenge. But even like under attack from the core set, right? There's a bunch of treacheries that when you flip them deal damage to you and all your allies. So that like accelerates how quickly you have to be able to defeat Sabretooth if Kelly's out. Um, or something like Weapon Master that gives extra attacks. Are you Crimson?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I just uh, was shocked by uh, how easily I almost lost to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that out of the first one. Um, but yeah, I, I not only... Sabertooth, but even the next villain, you know, it's it's like they're starting with side schemes in play, which I actually enjoy because they play a lot of justice. It gives me something on the board that has threat that I can get get rid of right away. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's been very helpful for my justice decks.
0: My main shock was how long Sabertooth scenario took until our four player group communicated enough to actually stick damage on him.
2: Yeah, yeah I maybe I need a maybe I need to play it. It more um, with more people to to get the hang of that but I enjoyed the mechanics of it I didn't enjoy how what, one thing that I maybe I'll say I, I disliked about it is that I felt like I kept I was taking one step forward and two steps back not even two steps forward and one step back a lot of times right any progress I made on him was just erased by his healing factor. And I was... It just made me so mad. <laughs> Every You're single more time I was... you like,
0: Witch and you can subtract those icons, right?
2: That would be one one way to do it. Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, that's Sabertooth. Do we want to give Sabertooth a grade? Or we just grade in the box next episode? We could. Let's give him the a grade. Individual ones. Yeah. Let's give them a grade.
1: Yeah. No, I'm... I enjoyed playing against him. Uh, Obviously, I didn't play him in a four-player game, so uh, that probably makes a difference. Um, You probably never will. No, I probably (laughs) never will. (laughs) (laughs) I I would say... I'll give him an A. I I enjoyed playing him. I thought it was a unique module. It made me play differently, and it was challenging without being overly difficult.
0: For me, his story is like a solid A. The actual experience so far has been like a B. Like I've been really, really high on first scenarios in campaign boxes, except for Ebony Maw. And Sabretooth doesn't join the Ebony Maw ranks, but I can't put him up there with Sandman and Drang and Crossbones.
2: I think I think I'll give him a B minus overall um, because of that that the the word I keep using. Or get, when I talk to you guys is slog. Yep. Um. It just fills sometimes. You know, playing it several times. It really just depends on on the strategy you have, and the cards you put in your deck, which is fine. Yep. I don't mind that. Um. But sometimes you just you want to play a certain deck, and you if you're you're matched up against against saber and you're like this game is going to take me forever, but because of the way this deck's built, right? And Adder-, um,
0: Adder Cop would definitely give him an A for aggression because all he does is punch the villain's face.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so,
0: okay, well, let's move on to the second scenario, Project Wide Awake. I think you're going to do the overview on that, right?
2: Yeah, I'll, yeah. So, Project Wide Awake. Um, this is a Sentinels themed um, scenario. So, we have the the so the villain is. Just sentinel, and there's three stages to it two scheme, two scheme, three scheme, or two scheme, three scheme, three scheme. So, just very and then let's see, 60, is that 16, 18, and 22 hit points? So, pretty like I would say standard. I mean, tw- two, two on the first stage with toughness, second stage has steady and toughness, third stage has stalwart and toughness. Gross, yeah, gross. Um. Luckily, I don't play Expert, so I never <laughs> see Stage 3. Um, but, um, so, when it's revealed, so in the first stage, the first player searches the encounter deck and discard pile for a copy of the Abduction Protocol's side scheme and reveals it. So I guess I should back up. So the the Project Wide Awake scenario, you're supposed to put in... Uh, the zero-tolerance modular set and standard set, and then you can throw in another modular, and they recommend sentinels. So there, the way that this scenario plays out is there are a ton of sentinels, like with sentinels in the title, ty- or with the, the trait, sentinel's trait, right? And so when this one's revealed, you throw in abduction protocols, or you reveal abduction protocols, which... As a side scheme, what it does is has a crisis icon. It has vic- so there's a lot of victory um, in this scenario, I noticed. And Sentinels. It- and Sentinels, yeah. Um, it says, when defeated, the player who defeated this scheme takes one random set aside captive ally and puts it into play under their control. Reminds me of Taskmaster, kind of, um, except a little bit different. Um so you have these four set aside captive X-Men allies. Um they're basic allies. They all are two costs, and they have there's Richter, Boom Boom, Cannonball, there's Cannonball, and Wolf Spain. Um, so potentially you can get these allies out in front of you by defeating that side scheme. You I mean you will have to you will likely have to do that because it's a Crisis Icon. It's only... It starts with 2 on it, and then it has a 2 per player hinder. So, it's not terribly difficult to defeat. Um, but, you're going to get these X-Men allies out in front of you. Um, and, you're on the side 1B of the main scheme. The... I don't know. In this, in this setup, you also start with um, Operation Zero Tolerance, the side scheme, and Mutants at the Mall side schemes in play. That's what you were talking about, Crimson. Where the way this game, the way this, it's not like a, it's not a, it, it like just if you're playing this scenario as a standalone scenario, not even in the campaign, these side schemes start in play at the beginning yep. of the game. Um, those side schemes, what they do, it's actually pretty cool. The Mutants at the Mall start with that one. It's a it's just like a typical side scheme, but if you defeat it, you flip it over, and that's the Jubilee ally. It mm-hmm. is a Jubilee ally. I think it's when you flip it over, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. I really so like on, the fact that there's Jubilees in this. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I mean, obviously, the way that they wrote it is, if there's any other Jubilees, they got to be discarded. Um. Anyway, so so she's built into the scenario, um, and then the uh, Operation Zero Tolerance side scheme. Let me see if I pull it up here. It's it's horrible. Let me scroll down for it. Give me a second here. Operation Zero Tolerance. It is. In this scenario, because <laughs> of the main scheme says it, it gains permanence. Yep. Okay. So, and that's important because if you're playing with this Operation Zero Tolerance in a different scenario, you can defeat it. It doesn't. It's not permanent, right? But in this scenario, it is. As a force response, after an enemy attacks and defeats an ally, place that ally face down under this scheme. So it has three per pe- three per player th- scheme on it. And then you can you put your allies underneath it that are defeated after an enemy attacks and defeats an ally. If there are X face down cards under this scheme, the players lose the game. X is three more than the number of players.
1: Four, five, six, seven.
2: This is hard. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. this side scheme is hard. I I found in with yep. w- with this um, scenario because it's permanent. In in. In any other scenario, it's not gonna be horrible because you'll prioritize Operation Zero Tolerance, get rid of it off the board so you don't lose Thank the game from all these allies that are that are getting defeated, right? But I mean, this is just a timer that um unless you're playing your allies and and utilizing them and they're being defeated from their um oh, consequential yeah. like or some other effect that you trigger, not from an enemy attack. You you are just playing with fire,
0: basically. Um, yeah, that you better op- not be blocking with those allies, right?
2: Yeah, I will say nope. this: the Operation Zero to- Tolerance is probably the biggest pain point for me in this. The way the scenario is set up, it's not the it's not the like the scenario cards themselves. It's the Operation Zero Tolerance cards in this scenario, but. I mean, and then other than that, <clears throat> so that's the big, like, hook on this one. And then they have a bunch of cards that will um, interact with Sentinel cards. And so you have all these Sentinels in in this. So you have, like, the Sentinel Mark IV um, in, in this um, Project Wide Awake scenario set. But then in the Sentinel set, let's see... So Operation Zero Tolerance has, let's see, Sentinel Mark 2, Sentinel Mark 3, and then the Sentinels has Sentinel Mark 5 and Sentinel Mark 6. So you just have a ton of Sentinels in this scenario. Um, and they all do things, they're different things, right? Um, which which is cool. I like that. that. That's actually one of the things I really like about it. Project Wide Awake, I'm like... Or, uh, not Project... The, uh... Operation Zero Tolerance, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so freaking hard. If you're not playing you ha- you have to change the way you play the game basically, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Just something that I that when I played it, I was like, man, this is harder than I anticipated.
1: Yeah, and those but, Sentinel Mark 5s f- uh, and Six. Now, each of the Sentinels has hit points equal to their mark number, so the Mark 2s only have two hit points. Not bad. The Mark 3s, three hit points, not not too bad, but those Mark Sixes with six hit points, geez.
0: Yeah, you being observant, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> oh. yep. So yeah, I mean,
2: they're they're not like crazy things that we haven't seen before. Like the ones in Project Wide Awake Sentinel Mark 4s, they have two scheme, two attack, four hit points, guard and patrol. Right. Yeah. Like easy to like deal like. Not not a problem. Yep. Um, but. You get these. Uh, where, where where am I? I'm thinking of
1: the Mark Sixes with Quick Strike and the Mark Fives with the when revealed triggers.
0: Ooh. yeah, when revealed,
2: go find an attachment. Right. Yes. Yes. Because you're you're probably gonna have minions out there, which is we know is great for some heroes,
0: right? Definitely a minion heavy scenario. Um, I didn't find Operation Zero Tolerance as off-putting, but this is definitely a scenario that, like, I lost the first two times I played it, and then I realized I had to change my tune and, like, right. actually be willing to defend with my hero, which strongly grosses me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> well,
2: unless you're playing with green cards, right?
0: Unless you're playing with green cards, and why would you ever do that? I don't even buy into those. Oh. Um, but I do, I do like that they have this operation zero tolerance that does something different in a modular set than it does in this scenario because of the adding of that permanent keyword. What I didn't like is that, like you said, that limit is really low, right? In yeah, player, it's four allies dying and you're gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's other ways that it can happen too, right? So if the main scheme reaches five, it doesn't take, it's not that hard for a villain that has two to three scheme to hit five. It's like one scheme activation. So <laughs> it's it's very easy for the trigger on the main scheme to go off, which is after threat is placed here, if there's five per player, the first player plays, places the top card of their deck face down under Operation Zero Tolerance. So yeah, you don't have to thwart the main scheme because it'll clear itself. But in solo that can be really oppressive because it only takes like one villain, like one bad advance, or any advance really, right? If they get a three boost, and all of a sudden you just like taken one of your four cards away. What I do mm-hmm. about this is I feel like it's a lot like the collector from Galaxy's Most Wanted, but it's closer to what people wanted out of the collector. Right?
2: I, I I think that's probably an accurate statement. Yeah. Right?
0: The collector took minions and it took like attachments took and all everything. sorts of things. But everything this is what just when they left allies, play, right? right,
2: and it's and it's only it's only when they're defeated by an enemy attack.
0: Yeah, so you can not play allies, and that solves one of your problems. Or you could just never use them to defend and bring healing cards to like sustain yourself, and then use allies for their stats. Because even or, though allies are great for chumping, if an ally has two attack and can deal six damage for three cost, that's still okay for you as long as you're healing and defending with your hero to like keep the allies from entering discard.
2: Sure. Well, but it's but it- but also other sources of damage, too. It, but it specifically has to be an enemy attack that defeats your ally.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, just don't defend with them, and you're good,
2: right? Yep, yep. And, and, and that's, like I said, it makes you stretch your, your mind muscles, your deck building maybe a little bit. You might change it up, change the way you play a little bit. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. And I actually, between these two scenarios, I like this one better.
0: Um, I, I like the free allies there's a lot of ways you can lose cards that aren't allies though so that's what i wanted to say is like a little deceiving right there's a treachery mutant detected and you choose to either place the top card of your deck face down under operation zero tolerance which you'll almost never choose right or or the villain and each minion engaged with you attacks you even that's if a, you're an alter ego so it's a, that's death a combat, hard, it's an alter ego and it's a hard card man yeah it's a hard card and then Warn the Others is a forced response obligation. After your turn ends, place this card face down under Operation Zero Tolerance. So you have to be able to go to Alter Ego and Exhaust to discard it in one turn. Or again, it's like in solo, it's like 25% of your victory condition is gone. And unlike the Collector, there's no way to like manage the things <laughs> um, under Operation Zero Tolerance. We don't have a way to like rescue those allies right until... We lose or win.
2: Correct. So um, I think I think you have to know. I mean, you'll play it and you'll be like, "Dang it! These designers screwed me because I wasn't expecting like that." The one, and the other, specifically, it's a force response. You have to put it under there, right? You don't have a choice. Yep. Um, but if you know that for the next time you play, you are not going to ever block with an ally. You just won't do it. You won't allow the villain or or a minion to defeat an ally because you can't afford it. I mean, depending on how fast you re- defeat the villain, right? You just don't want to risk putting yourself that much closer to the edge.
0: Yep. Totally.
1: So and it's even worse in, in solo In solo, um, you know, that advanced one that you were talking about, it's, it's actually not even a three boost, a two boost gets you five because you got the one from the beginning of the turn, the two from the Sentinel. And then if you flip over a two or higher, you you, you put a card underneath a uh, zero tolerance. Same okay. thing with Warn the Others. It hey, conf-
0: confuses f- strong, folks. It's still strong.
1: Yeah. Um, if, if you hit a Warn the Others and you flip down to Alter Ego, that's two from the Sentinel plus any boost card he gets. And then, so like literally, if he flips over a two or a three boost card you're done. And I mean, it, like warn the others will literally get you a card usually under.
0: I'm really glad you said that. Cause that was one of the things I meant to mention about that card is in solo. If you get warned the others, yeah. you're better off staying in hero form and just taking that as your card that goes under the villain phase under the villains thing, and because it removes it from the back. encounter deck and it's a two boost icon. And if you flip down, you're almost certainly, unless you've already confused the villain, going to lose a card anyway. So yeah. if you're going to lose a card either way, like make it a dead encounter card that like, you don't have to deal with for a turn and just punch the villain for damage.
1: And, and God forbid you go into this blind with a Cyclops deck. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus.
0: We definitely didn't set you up for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh. those are hard. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. So they they are they're hard, and I guess I I should clarify with the recommended modulars, that those are the like treacheries and stuff that are interacting with the sentinels. I don't know that there are any cards that specifically interact with the sentinel traded cards from the the scenario itself, but like in the sentinels modular set and in the Operation Zero Tolerance modular set, those are the cards that. Like there's an energy barrier in Operation Zero Tolerance that you attach it to a, a Sentinel minion that doesn't have it attached, and they yep. also gain tough. So I should clarify that statement.
1: And and you have to take Zero Tolerance. You don't have to take Sentinels. You can grab Sentinels. walls. Yep, correct. Which honestly just gets rid of all the uh, the the super big Sentinels, but still, yeah. it's still rough. Because that zero tolerance mo- modular set is actually really
2: strong. It, it's really strong in this in this scenario, and and I think things like that where they they say okay, operation zero tolerance gains permanence in this scenario. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I like I like that um like that design space. I want to. I'm excited to see what else they do with it, but because you can also throw operation zero tolerance in other scenarios, right? Yep. Um. So I think that's a that's kind of fun. Um yeah, Operation Zero
0: Tolerance is like my favorite mod from this box because of that. Because it's a mod that just like I mean Bombscare told the story and we haven't had like a cool mod that does that since the core set. Now we've got this mod that when like a side scheme comes out completely changes the game from the last game. Even if you need to set up
2: another loss condition. It's easier to defeat in a different scenario, right? Or it's possible, I guess I should say it's possible. It's possible to defeat that side scheme, but it also it's another it's not just either the villain kills you or you defeat the main scheme. no, there's or I, sorry I, if the villain defeats you, there's another way to lose, I should say,
0: yep, so where do we rate this scenario? what's everybody got
2: um i I give this one a solid a um I
1: gave this one a b <laughs> a b yeah, yeah I, I got
2: I, trauma <laughs> i mean I mean, I'm not saying it's I found it harder at first then, then Sabretooth. um and and i think it kind of depends too like you're probably well you could still do very well i guess in a with the leadership deck you just got to again you have to play just differently don't block
0: yeah just yeah. don't block in multiplayer i had this one as like a solid s um but in solo i have this one as a b with crimson because the the loss condition Especially could so just low, be a little so bit too oppressive.
1: Yeah, four is a little low. Like five, preferably six, would have been much more comfortable.
0: Yeah, I wish they had like just put a table on that card instead of a math equation. And it was <laughs> if Seriously. there are five for solo, seven for two player, or whatever. Like is yeah, because the, then like, they don't formula. they don't
2: have to yeah they don't have to use a formula. They can they can change it on the t- the table, they don't have to follow an X plus. And don't get me wrong, the
0: math isn't hard, but nothing ruins a game nothing ruins a game night like someone <laughs> who's running the game having done math wrong, and then your table realizing, oh we lost four turns ago, but like, you're really <laughs> bad at math, because that happened to one of my groups and it was not enjoyable
2: <laughs> That's that's a fair I think that's a fair criticism, actually It's not not necessarily that it's written awkwardly on there, it's just it's just written on there <laughs> Instead of just give us the number for the number of players. But anyway.
0: I still like it. I really like it in multiplayer. Um But you've gotta you gotta prepare your group real quick early on when people start putting things under OZT to be like you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs>
0: All right, the last scenario for today is Master Mold. So we went from Sentinels to more Sentinels. So Master Mold is Stalwart, so all that stunned and confused stuff being good, not so much anymore. In stage one, he's a 1-2, and then he becomes a two-scheme, three-attack, so he gets plus to both stats, and then plus to Ew. both stats again, 3-4. 3-4 so is a real big number. <laughs> Stalwart and toughness on each phase with the forced interrupt And I think it's the same for each phase. When Master Mold schemes against you, discard cards from the encounter deck until a Sentinel minion is discarded. Put that minion into play engaged with you. Do not give Master Mold a boost card for this activation. So that's a really interesting trigger because if you flip down to Alter Ego, you're not gonna get a boost card so you know exactly what Master Mold's gonna scheme for, but you're sort of gonna get a boost card because a Sentinel's gonna come out and you'll find out when we talk about all the Sentinels in the scenario, that could act like a 3-boost icon boost card or a 1-icon boost card. But it's worse what their than a boost card. Yeah, it depends on what their scheme is. And then the minion sits out there as like an annoyance it, for you. It, so it's, I, it's really before, snowbally.
2: You, before you go any further, I will say if he had received a boost card that activation still, this would be a horribly oppressive Like, you would never, ever flip down, ever.
0: Yeah. So, you're you're using. You you would never do it. You're using the same two modulars as the last set. So, you've got two minions in his setup that have a three scheme. And then, I believe from Operation Zero Tolerance and Sentinels, you have two one scheme minions, a two scheme minion, two more one scheme minions, and two more two scheme minions. So, you've got like nine. No, wait, what is that? Four plus three plus two. Yeah, that's like nine-ish minions um, total that he can sort of poop out, which is literally what Master Mold does in my mind. Just poops Sentinels out on the assembly line. Um, Yeah, it's brutal, right? Yeah, if if Master Mold had gotten... Oh, one more thing about the last scenario. Sentinel, the villain, might be, I can't remember, our first non-unique villain. So cards that target unique characters like Godslayer, not good in that last scenario. But good against Master Mold, so it's okay. He is unique. (laughs) Um, So his whole thing is swarming you with minions. Much like uh, Mutagen Formula or Ultron, they all take a little bit of a different taste, right? Ultron's minions were really weak. Mutagen's minions were, like, medium-y, but they got, like, chumped out in, like, waves when certain cards came out. And Master and Bald is going to bring them Ultrons in came days. from your own deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't remind some people about that. And you're Sorry, still Cap?
1: getting ten Sentinels. The difference is you're not getting Sentinel Mark IVs, you're getting sentinels and Mark eights.
0: Yeah, with eight health. Yeah. Yeah. Things better than when you flip to Alter Ego, the villain gets a 3 boost icon scheme card, and you get an 8 health minion dumped on you. (laughs) That, by the way, attaches an attachment from the discard pile when they enter play. And and a
2: lot of those, I mean, a lot of those attachments in this scenario, actually all the attachments in this scenario, give it a plus 1 attack.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and then you got the one that gives health, which is sick. We'll get there, we'll get there. Oh.
0: So there's two main schemes. You start in the Sentinel Factory. While you're there, each Sentinel is going to gain guard. So these Sentinels coming out just become like extra HP for the villain. And when revealed, each player discards cards from the encounter deck until they discard a Sentinel minion and then puts that minion into play engaged with them. What I don't like about this, so this set requires um, Sentinels as a modular set, I think you might end up with only like six Sentinels in the deck if you don't use the recommended mods. So if you're playing in four-player, you've gotten like four of six targets just from the first scheme like coming out, and now a lot of the triggers that look for Sentinels mean just like place an Acceleration token, which can be... Isn't
2: isn't that one of your beef? Isn't that one of the beefs you had with um, Ebony Maw?
0: Yeah, with with a lot of the ones with Ebony Maw were like the...
2: When you lean into the modularity, it
0: kind of ruins the gimmick a little bit, at least in my opinion. Um, But that is one way to make this a lot easier, right? Because if you put something in that's not Sentinels, or that's not Operation Zero Tolerance, then you might get minions that don't have Guard. The second scheme is Master Mole's Agenda. When revealed, you're going to shuffle the discard pile of the encounter deck back into the encounter deck, and then do the same thing. Discard until you find Sentinels and put them into play. Um, and then it's, it pops at 8 instead of 6. Same thing, sentinel minions have guard. So you've got a villain that poops out really high health sentinels that all have guard to sort of protect him with really beefy stats on the villain. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of sentinels like we mentioned the other ones. The sentinel mark 8s have a forced response after this minion engages you. Attach the topmost sentinel attachment from the discard pile to this minion. They have 3 scheme, 3 attack, and 8 hit points. And then there's a bunch of attachments. So there's ones that give... They attach to a sentinel minion, they give it plus two hit points, retaliate one, and one scheme and one attack. That sounds brutal. There's another one that gives the minions um, the ability that when they attack and damage a character to stun that character and give it bonus attack. So you end up with these, like... It's like a combination of, like, Zola and Mutagen Formula with these, like, really, really strong minions. You do get, thankfully a Magneto ally that starts and play on your team. And he totally compensates all this insanity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I wanted to say, it's actually pretty cool that this Magneto ally is a campaign card, mm-hmm. but he's stored in my, in with this scenario. Cause he's, I mean, he is part of the scenario. You just, That's I guess how what I'm I saying is too. you it's store him in the scenario, then... store the campaign card in the scenario as part of the scenario if you're going to play the campaign, then pull it from the... Anyway.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk more about the campaign next week, but maybe that means that he shows up elsewhere in the campaign. Maybe. Right? Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Spoilers. <laughs> um, what I what I like about this scenario is it does minions swarm in a different way. What I don't like about this scenario is I've seen this scenario go one of two ways. Like, the heroes just get completely overwhelmed and like can never get a foothold. Or the heroes like really easily win and overcome and and save the day. And I've never seen like a tight battle in this one. It's always been like a snowball one way or the other. Um, I think in Sabretooth, Crimson mentioned that there was a side scheme that healed Senator Kelly. We get a similar like positive side scheme here called Insert Virus Program. And Mm -hmm. it's a two base threat hinder two. So in four player, it's going to be a 10 threat Side scheme with an acceleration token that, when defeated, deals two damage to each sentinel enemy. So you can do two damage and like destroy a bunch of sentinels at once, which is pretty cool. And that's going to hit the villain as well. So, also cool. Um, but yeah, in general, this is like of the first three scenarios, in my opinion, this is probably the hardest one, unless the villain just like falls apart on his face because the encounter deck puts things out in the wrong order.
2: Yeah, but uh, I mean. If you're throwing that many, I don't, I didn't do the math, but with those modulars you're gonna get sentinel minions out there to guard right. him, right?
1: Yeah, especially since his uh, main schemes pull them, anyways. And you're...
2: yeah, anyway, gotta defeat he, him
0: real fast. You you
2: really do. I mean, you have to prioritize the minions, mm-hmm. otherwise, because because his stats are not, uh, you, there's no way to stop him.
0: He's got pretty low health, so you you should remember that like you can bypass guard yeah. with tricky effects, right? Sure. You're not going to bypass guard for a four-player game when the villain has 16 health per player, though, right? So you're going to have to defeat minions eventually. <laughs> um, you can try to, like, stack all the minions on Vision with some cute aggression build and have them not do damage to him, I guess, but they're going to get so many, like attachments that they'll probably overwhelm you in the end but i have found at least in solo like pushing him to the next stage or finishing him off with non-attack damage or overkill damage is really really strong in this scenario right if your team knows like one player has a lot of overkill whether it's the um whether you're going to use like moment of triumph or some of those other aggression tricks to like get extra advantage out of your overkill I, th- I think that that's, like, a definite way to, like, try to handle this scenario, right? Have, like, an overkill player and have everybody else weaken minions so the overkill player can push, like, the damage onto the villain. That's
2: that's, a, that's actually a really fun... Um, that'd be a fun
0: way to play it. Right? Have everybody else juggle the minions, get them really low, and then set Thor up yeah. for, like, a bunch of hammer throws. It could be hilarious. Um I haven't tried it yet, but it sounds fun.
1: The, the worst part of all that is you don't even get to draw the two extra cards with Thor. Because it's on his, uh, hero side not his alter ego side so when the uh, main scheme puts the uh oh the,
0: the first, first sentinel out you don't even
1: get the action to your cards
0: what's what's really disappointing is the the mark eight minions we actually did have one player play for our four player campaign and they were trying to use the card that when you have ariel brings a minion over to you get over here mm-hmm. yeah um and that minion is when this minion engages you, they gain an attachment. So every time you get over here, a mark <laughs> eight over to you, and they oh, get like an extra no. attachment. with it. Oh, and no. you're like, oh, what a jerk. <laughs> that I didn't notice so that. It's That's a little right. brutal, but we, th- we did have fun with Thor. We weren't trying like the overkill thing, um, which we yeah. we sort of figured out like halfway through that we could, but we it was it was it was too far in at that point.
1: It, that sounds like a rocket or a. Uh... Or a War Machine role.
0: <laughs> Rocket Wasp can be really interesting, right? Every time Wasp in, what is it, tiny form defeats a minion, she deals the damage to the villain. So, like, inherently doing this thing the scenario requires you to do, Man- managing minions also lets you, like, progress your damage a little bit. So that can be a cool, cool combo.
1: I prefer the big guns.
0: Yeah, so, I so guns.
2: obviously... Some some heroes are going to have a lot of problems with Master Mold, right? Yes. Heroes that have problems with Minion Swarm, I'm thinking of like Spider Man, Peter Parker, you know, where it's like there's not a lot of damage they can spread out or anything like that. You know, Overkill. You're probably going you, to, I mean, if you're going in solo, you're probably going to have a hard time defeating this scenario,
1: right? I'm, I'm thinking Shadow Cat. <laughs>
0: I don't think Shadow Cat minds this scenario too much. Oh,
1: I, I w- with her clunkiness, it, it sucked.
0: <laughs>
1: That's just Shadow Cat, though. <laughs> oh wait,
2: I wasn't here for that episode. I can't talk about that. You I know
1: you you missed it, man. but you can be wrong. <laughs>
0: it's okay. <laughs> well, I think in solo, this is definitely the hardest scenario of the three. We talked about the last one being pretty hard for solo, and this one is just as hard. I mean, there's two stages to the main scheme, but if you're playing solo and you want to flip at all, again, unless you're playing standard, you're pretty close to popping a scheme because Mm -hmm. even on expert, right? On master mold two, the villain has two scheme that they're going to get to place. They're going to go fish out a minion that could have Mm -hmm. three to four scheme on it. I guess one to four scheme on it is the technical number, but that means like you could be getting sixth threat place just from a flip down, which pops the first scheme. Well, and with with the auto threat, it almost pops the second scheme, right?
2: And and there's cards like Master Mold's Children that if you are in Ultra Ego, each minion engages you schemes, and if you're not engaged, with the minion Master Mold schemes. So, but it doesn't say he doesn't get an. I mean, he will. And he won't scheme and then he
0: find will, a minion, right? And then so.
2: find a minion exactly. So, it, well, I the, mean. <laughs> If the you worst... let them swarm, you will. You don't flip down to alter ego, right? Because of that, the threat of that card.
1: The the worst part is this comes in a box with two heroes. Now, just imagine Cyclops and and Jean gray didn't come out at the same time. All you have is Shadow Cat and Clossus, which both want to flip down here and there. Actually, Colossus wants to flip as much as possible to get the tough cards back, and yeah. it's rough. <laughs>
0: The good news for Colossus is he's got like a zero cost plus six attack (laughs) overkill, event. So he doesn't struggle too bad. Um, I don't actually flip down with Shadowcat that much. So on my Shadowcat run, I didn't have a lot of trouble with this one. Um, The biggest thing I have trouble with with this scenario in general is just Stalwart. Stalwart is annoying. (laughs) Especially in scenarios that are hard, right? It's when you need to lean on that crutch.
2: That that's the reason why I don't I don't play Thanos anymore, <laughs> and no, I mean that that is the reason. Um, you can you can deal with the uh, oppressive treacheries and stuff like that in the scenario, if you can get some reprieve every once in a while and and confuse them or or stun them right. But with stalwart, it's like okay, that there's no there's nothing I can do to stop the to slow this down.
0: It's and I, it's it's pretty overwhelming.
2: And I don't and and that for me takes a lot of the fun out of it. Not that I'm saying I want to do these cheese decks where I'm studying the villain every single turn, right? Cuz you know, whatever. That's some people's style, right? But if I want if I need it every once in a while to like catch up and I can't, yep, for for me that takes some of the fun out of it.
0: Yeah. To, to me, this is probably the hard, one of the hardest villains in the box. Um, and again, like every time I've played it or watched people play it, either they're completely prepared and they just stomp it because they're all running like minion tech or whatever, or the scenario just rolls people. Um, and that might just be my way of playing. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> But it sounds like you all have similar experiences, so let's create this this master mold of scenarios. All right, I'll I'll
2: I'll go first. I give it a C, um, because I I don't I don't honestly I don't mind the minion swarm scenarios. I don't mind like I I like minion minions and scenarios, but if you're not prepped for it or if you're playing the the wrong kind of hero. You will not win, or if you do, it's going to be like a three-hour game in a solo game because you're somehow holding on, right? Um, and the fact that he has stalwart just bugs me so much. I just can't. I can't get myself to go back and like replay those unless someone's like, "Let's play this."
0: Because yeah, I, I think want to go play Mastermole.
2: Yeah, I think I think I like. As oppressive as some of these cards may be, I'm fine with it, right? But the stalwart just gets me, man. Like I just I don't like it. I don't I got like a Sharpie that. for
0: you. <laughs> yeah. I'm splitting my grades up again. So in multiplayer, if you have like a group that likes challenges, I give this an A. I think it's a really good minion swarm scenario for experienced multiplayer groups. In solo, this scenario gets a D from me. It's too oppressive for solo. And it it feels very well tuned for two to four players and not super well tuned for solo. And that's like a pet peeve of mine, so it gets a D for solo. For thematics, this gets an S. Like this is everything I expect oh. from Master Mold and more. So I want sure, to mention sure yeah. that too, because that's like yeah. super important to me. And cop would be proud.
2: I mean, the fact that he's using these the sentinels as his like his army, right? His guards, his shields, that's awesome. He just keeps pooping them out
1: <laughs> yeah i'll i'll, I'll, I'll give it opinion, a will c- yeah. give it a c because the solo play for this is horrendous um yeah and and it doesn't start with a side scheme so i don't have anything to throw it away on turn one.
0: <laughs> it starts with one threat
2: in the main scheme right come
1: on, come on. you're doing setup I mean, on
2: your first turn anyway man Come on. I,
1: I guess I can track sense to draw two cards, but it wouldn't cost me three cards. Yay. <laughs>
0: That's true. It's true. All right. Well, next episode, we're going to wrap up our Mutant Genesis coverage. So there's two more scenarios to go over and the campaign. So we'll all have played those a few more times before the next episode. I think if I had to wrap up the box so far, I would say to me, it's the second most challenging box. Um, but I still really like the first two scenarios. And the third scenario, I'm I like with my four player expert group, and I dislike with all my casual friends. That's how I'll I'll phrase Master Mold.
1: I like it. We're almost a Wolverine.
0: We're almost a Wolverine. <laughs> it's so close. <laughs> and, and as Game a and charged my card, so that means he's coming.
2: And as a bonus, I'll say uh, Colossus is so much fun for me. I am having a blast. That—that's that, what I didn't get to say last time.
1: Um, Cyclops is my, uh, uh, you know, surprise. Wow, this character is really, really strong.
0: Yeah, Cyclops is so good. I will. Yeah. Spoiler alert for when we go over the hero packs after this three-part episode. I think these four heroes, in my opinion, are four of like the top ten heroes in the game. They might not all be like super entertaining with their hooks. I know there's one that the community is kind of down on, but I think they're all super, super strong um, in their own right. Um, and they all have interesting-ish hooks, which is cool.
1: Yeah, I'm still fine-tuning the, uh, uh, a Phoenix deck.
0: It happens. We'll get to that in the future. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great week.